Turn over to Acts chapter 1, slap to your neighbor a high five, not in the face, just slap him a high five. Say, this is the church. Acts chapter 1, Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for stirring us up, for calling us by your name, for having us uh, born at such a time as this. We have an appointment with destiny, Lord. We thank you for the ones that have gone before us. We remember what they've done under the power of your spirit. And Father, it's our time. This is the place. We are the people. And you're our God. We thank you, Father, for stirring us up about the real church this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody agreed with that said? Amen. 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 You are the church. And we're talking about the real church. The real church. We started this message, uh, this series of messages last week, and we said that the real church has a real voice. Last week, we were looking at the word voice. This week, we're going to be looking at the word power. And the the term real church insinuates that there could be churches that aren't real (laughs) churches, but they call themselves a church, but they're compromised and could be following a different head. Do we realize that? I mean, like I said before, you can come into a building that has the word church on the front of it and not be born again. Just because you walk into that building that has church on it doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you jump in the lake doesn't make you a boat, right? Boats float in the lake, but that doesn't make you a boat. You can come into a building and call yourself a Christian without ever having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you may say at the very front of this, well, who are you to judge the church? And that's a good question because I'm not judging the church because I know that I'm not smart enough to separate the sheep from the goats or the wheat from the tare. And that's not my job. That job belongs to the head of the church, Jesus. He's the only one that the church belongs to. He doesn't, the church doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Jesus. But remember that Jesus said that you will know them by their fruit. Fruit is something that grows over time and that should be evident to those observing. So it's, it's all right to be an observant. It's not all right to be condemning. And so I'm not condemning people who call themselves part of the church. But I am saying that there is... A real church and we need to go back to the real book the Word of God and see what the real church is is made up of and by observing today's real church we should be able to identify that there are certain attributes that we see in the book of Acts and so we saw last week that the real church has a real voice and that real voice is bold it's a boldness that speaks the word of God and expects the results of God. When we speak the word of God as the church, we can expect that God would back up his word because he's true to his word. It's not our word that we're speaking. It's God's word that we're speaking. And he backs up his word with his power. You don't ever have to worry about God being a fulfiller of his word because he is looking for somebody to boldly dare to speak his word so that he can do what he said he would do. Our job is to speak his word. His job is to fulfill his word. Right? It takes us out of the picture. 
And we're talking about power today, and it's, it's God's power. It's not the power of the collective church. We all have power. It's not power to the church. It's power from on high that gets the job done. <laughs> they were never supposed to rely on their own power. They were never supposed to rely on their own intelligence. They were never supposed to rely on their own talent. All of these things come from God, just like we were talking about finances earlier. It, it, when it's your finances, then you have to do something to produce it. But when God gives it to you and you dedicate it back to him, then it begins to multiply. When you follow his instructions, you always get his result. And so the real church, to see the real church, we, we have to examine our fruit. We have to examine our fruit. The real church is a church filled with power. And so what is missing? What is missing in the church today? It can't be talented speakers because there are thousands of talented speakers up in the church. Can I get a, an amen? <laughs> thousands and thousands of talented speakers up in the church. It can't be a lack of good leaders because there's great leaders in the church today. It can't be uh, a lack of awesome worship music because we've got the best music in churches all over the place today. It can't be technology. Boy, the church is using technology and streaming. And how many churches are streaming right now over the Internet? Thousands of churches are streaming over the It can't be all of these things. It can't be. So what is the church missing? I believe it's the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> when someone becomes a Christian uh, and they're newly born again, we other Christians like to help them. And one of the first things that we do, because we know where the power's at, we say, hey, we got to connect you with a Bible. Do you, do you have a Bible? You, you need a Bible because you need to find out who Jesus is. And so let me buy you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's my honor to give you a Bible. And we can read together. We can, we can study together. I will help you. That's called discipleship, by the way. And we help one another understand what this is. It's God's word to us. It's his covenant with us. It's, it's the life of Christ displayed from Genesis to Revelation. Every book points to the person of Jesus. And we make a big deal about it. And, and this person who's newly born again... I've, I've watched it happen over 35, 40 years now. I've been a Christian for 44 years, or 45 years now. It's been another year. And so when people begin to study the Bible and they get to the book of Acts, they're, they're, they're captivated. And it's like, wow, this is great. This is great. And then here's the, here's the first question. Why isn't any of this happening today? Where is the church that looks like this? I want to go. Right? Am I talking to the right people today? Where's this place? Because I've never seen a church that acts like this. Come on. Why aren't more churches acting like the book of Acts? Come on. And that's what I'm still asking. After 45 years of being in this. Because I got born again when I was 11 years old. And so I'll tell you my story in case you ask. Or you, maybe you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> 11 years old, I got born again in a denominational type church. 
And they were very focused on salvation. And I am so thankful, thankful for the denominations that have been focused on getting people born again, introducing them to Jesus. But you know, there's, there's something past the introduction. There, there, when you get through the door, you need to keep walking, <laughs> right? And so I was 11 years old and uh, I went to a mainline denominational church where they taught about what it, what it means to be a Christian and how to live as a Christian and who Jesus is. And, and that was good. And I was in high school. I began actually studying the Bible and I got over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 and 14 and I saw that 13, the love chapters between 12 and 14 and, and I went to those people that I trusted, uh, my pastors and said, um, what is 1 Corinthians chapter 12? What, what these gifts and all of this power and then chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, what, what, what's going on? And the answer I got back was, well, that stuff just doesn't happen today and they smiled and that was that was nice (laughs) they they uh they just but when when you have to understand think about i'm 17 years old i'm hungry for the word and when someone who is older in the faith and and been walking with god and following god and studying the word tells me well that that stuff just doesn't happen today the Holy Spirit on the inside of me at that age, I said, <laughs> I was listening to the Holy Spirit and he said, uh, he's only telling you what he's been told to tell you. That's what I understood at that point in my life. That didn't discourage me from studying 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. It encouraged me to study 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 even more. It, it, it stoked up my hunger. It stirred me up to find out about this Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We, do, we talk about God the Father. We talk about God the Son. And, and I like what, what was happening in worship today. And God was, was speaking to us and saying, hey, come a little closer. That's what God called Moses a little closer. Because God wanted to show Moses his power. Everybody say power. Power is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's what keeps you going. If you don't have power as a Christian, you fizzle out. You fall off to the side. You end up in the ditch or on the rocks, right? And, and, and so the power of God is displayed in the Spirit of God. And you have to come in contact with the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to find out about the power of God. And I was on that... that um, Trajectory. I was on that track. I was on that, that journey to find out who is this Holy Spirit. And not very many people in the church could tell me who the Holy Spirit is. You know, who the, and, when, and when you say Holy Ghost, you think in Casper or something, you know. Ooh, we never can tell what the Holy Ghost is going to do. And so if you don't understand it, you kind of what? Stay away from it. What you don't understand, you kind of push down. Ooh, we can't understand about that Holy Ghost. And so it was actually about three and a half years later and a whole lot of heartache later that I decided to go back to church because I dropped out after I just found the dead end. It was a dead end. Those that I trusted, I asked to explain to me the word of God. And well, just it doesn't happen today. Okay, well, okay, I guess... Where, where's the power? Where's the, where's the power in the church? But I eventually ended up back in the church at about 20 years old. 
And, uh, and the more that I began to pray, the more I began to study, the more I heard the Holy Spirit speaking to me saying, there's more, come a little closer, come a little closer, come a little closer. So I began searching for that connection and we find it here in Acts chapter one. Look at the head of the church. Here's the head of the church telling his church, this is Jesus, who had just invested his whole life who had given himself and given his blood and given his life for this group of people <laughs> called uh, his disciples. And he's given them instruction in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He's leaving them, but he's giving them a command. And he said, we'll back up to verse, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Jesus said to them, It is not uh, for you to know the times or the dates of the Father, that has, he, he set these dates in his own authority. But, but, in other words, don't be afraid because uh, you need power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he told them, uh, back in verse 4, to, to go to Jerusalem and don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, the gift of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father to the church to infill us and endow us, to, to give us the power of God so that we can do what He's called us to do. So if you think about how you receive a gift, we, we've... <laughs> The Lord has been saying this all this morning, right? We just receive it. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to do anything to produce it. You don't have to pay for it. You can't pay for it. The Holy Spirit is so valuable in your life that you couldn't pay for it. His gift in your life, His grace on your life is so great that all you can do is just hold out your hands, get on your knees, and say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. I, I just want you. I just want you. The Holy Spirit is all God. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. Father, Son, and we, we don't understand the Trinity, but one without the other doesn't exist. Father, Son, Spirit. And so this time that we're living in is the time of the church, and God himself has filled the church here in Acts chapter 1. He tells his... He tells his church, you need my power in order to do what I've called you to do. And so here's a gift. Go to Jerusalem. Wait. That's really tough to say to people in 2021. Wait. When we get upset that the internet is not running fast enough. Did, did, did the, are, are you connected to the internet? We hear that at my house, you know. Mine's not working. Is your, are, is it, are we still connected to the internet? Patience is not, uh, it's not a word that we have a lot of, right? How can we receive? Here, here's a question for you. How can we receive all that God wants us to receive if we're not willing to wait? Wow. Wait. Wait. We don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear God say, wait. Right? <laughs> Wait a minute. 
When God says, wait a minute, we, it even makes us more nervous, right? It makes us a little bit more nervous. Wait, but they waited in order to connect. We have to wait in order to connect with the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice that when Jesus was telling them here in chapter 1 of Acts to go to Jerusalem and wait, he did not say, go to Jerusalem and pray for power. He didn't say pray for power. Wait, and the power will come upon you. So I believe that every time that we wait in the presence of God, we should expect that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon us. I think this verse gives us that right to expect. God has given His Holy Spirit. He poured out of His Spirit upon all flesh right here in in the book of Acts. He hasn't never taken it back. And I don't find anywhere else in the Bible where He poured it out again to people who were waiting. It was already poured out. So for us to pray, Lord, Pour out your spirit upon it. Give us your Holy Spirit. No, he already gave it. It's up to us to wait and receive it. So we, we go into this mode of, Lord, I receive it. It's already been given. It's already been given. We receive his spirit. That's an act of faith. It's an act of faith. This morning I was receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit because God promised it to me. I got on my knees and that that last song, just the first time that they sang the word, I'm sorry, (laughs) I hit the floor and I joined from my heart. I'm not singing words off of the screen. I'm saying, Lord, I'm sorry that I've just sang another song. I've just gone through the motions, but I want more of you, all of you. I need all, I need all the power that I can get to live in the day that we're living in. How about you? We need to connect with him, and the way that we connect with him is to wait in his presence until we be empowered. We have to connect with the Holy Spirit. That is the power of the church. We can't, we can't do anything. We can't go anywhere without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said it was so important that we, we come to this place and we wait. We don't move. We don't move out. That is the first step in the orders of the day. They give you orders of the day, right, in the military. These are the orders of the day. Be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Put on the full armor of God. Get ready. Get full. Get strengthened. Because your enemy, the devil, roars like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. You need more power in your life than the enemy has coming against you. Right? And these folks in the book of Acts carried... A, a measure of power with them everywhere they went. Peter and John, after this happened in, in, the, in, in the second chapter in the book of Acts, they became filled with the Holy Spirit. If you read at the, first, the first verse of the second chapter, when the day of Pentecost fully came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from the, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. So the sound of the wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Can I say that the wind was not the Holy Spirit? The sound was not the Holy Spirit. The tongues on fire on their head was not the Holy Spirit. 
the tongues coming out of their mouth was not the Holy Spirit. It was all evidence of the Holy Spirit. And it came when they were filled with the Spirit. And so when we talk about tongues, and we're going to be talking about this next week because I'm, I'm going to be talking about the demonstration of the Spirit needs to be in the church today. But today I'm talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of things that we consider are the Holy Spirit are not really the Holy Spirit. It's just the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Tongues, oh, I could tell that they were a Spirit-filled church because I heard tongues. Just because somebody speaks in tongues doesn't mean that they're filled with the Spirit. Uh-oh. I just, I just shook somebody up. Here's the thing. When you fill up a glass of water and you drink some, guess what? You need to fill it up again. We need to be continually filled. In Ephesians, it says, be being filled with the Spirit. Right? And so it's our job to stay full. It's to get full and stay full of the Holy Spirit. We have to connect with the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want us to see this morning. Some churches start out in power and they end up losing the power because the emphasis moves from the person of the Holy Spirit over to the plans and the programs and, and, and the big screens and the tight jeans and the smoke machines. The skinny jeans, the big screens, and the fog machines, <laughs> however they say it. And I'm not saying that big screens are wrong and, and, and skinny jeans are wrong. And fog machines are wrong. But if we don't have the Holy Spirit, none of that stuff ma matters, right? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to be in a church that's all dark and, or not dark, but uh, 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 with no, nothing on the walls and everybody's dressed up in white with a little halo in their head. <laughs> you know, we need some spice up in here, like we said, you know, nice music and some, you know. <laughs> but we also, more than everything else, we need the, the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Where's your spirit of power? How many dead people did you raise this week? Come on. <laughs> we should be having a testimony meeting right now. Somebody should stand up and say, Pastor, hey, hey. I led three people to the Lord, and we raised somebody from the dead this week. Come on. And we should have a testimony like that for the next two hours. Now, come on. Instead, we show up to sit and watch some guy or woman tell, tell a, a good message for 45 minutes and sing a couple of songs and go home and feel good about it. I don't want you to feel good about that. What's going to happen tomorrow? When the Holy Spirit wakes you up and, and, and Samuel's waking up every morning, he'll, Samuel will send me a text and he'll say, Pastor, I woke up this morning asking the Holy Spirit, what are you going to show me today? That's why I enjoy running with people that have that kind of a spirit. Lord, what are you going to show me today? Where are we going to go today? What are we going to do today? Listen, God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind you know love doesn't do any good if you're not going to show it a sound mind doesn't really make a, a big difference unless unless you have power and action behind it right you can sit alone in your house with with your love loving yourself <laughs> having in your right mind with a sound mind 
But if you don't have any power, you're not going to go outside your house. That's true, right? The power is what puts the love and the sound mind into motion, right? He gave us power for a reason. Just like I said last week, he, he, he didn't clothe us with himself. God didn't clothe you with himself for you to sit on the couch and watch reruns and eat popcorn and, and drink Kool-Aid. Can you imagine the superhero, the Iron Man that puts on the armors up, sits on the couch and eats popcorn and drinks Kool-Aid, watching reruns of Iron Man? No. He's going to go out and stop the evil one, right? Power gives us something to do. Power produces in us the desire to go and do something. And so, what does, what does the power in the church look like? It looks like we're doing the works of Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, Luke 10, Jesus sent 72 of his disciples out with power. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. Um, but he told them to heal. He told them to cast out devils. And when they came back after, uh, after he, doing what he told them to do, they were excited because demons were subject to them. We, we, we cast out devils in your name, right? They were subject to us in your name. And Jesus, Jesus said, you know, we use that scripture that he said, well, that's, that's good that you were excited that you were able to cast out devils, but be just as excited because your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's great. But he wants us still today in 2021 to cast out devils. If you're not filled with the power of God, you're not going anywhere to look out to look to cast out a devil. <laughs> so we need to power up. We need to look at John chapter 14. Jesus taught his disciples to do exactly what he was doing. And I'm so glad for that because Jesus was he, he was not he, he was not saying, guys, I'm the only one that can do this. Don't try this at home. <laughs> I'm the only one that's authorized to do this. No, look in John 14. Jesus said, verse 12, most assuredly, most assuredly is like, verily, verily, it is, listen up here, this is important, I'm going to tell you something that will change your life. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do, do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Now stop right there and ask, what happened when Jesus went to the Father? He sent the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus knew that we needed another comforter. He knew that we needed another uh, uh, miracle worker in us, like he was when he walked the earth, that we couldn't do anything without him. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so he knew that. But he knew what he called us to do, and he knew that we needed the Holy Spirit to do it. To do the works that Jesus did, and even greater. And then he says in verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So again, it's not by your power. We talked a little bit about that last week. Peter and John going up to the gate, beautiful. We're going to get there on point number three. I don't want to jump ahead, but they, they exercised... They exercised the name of Jesus. They said to the man, we don't have any gold or silver, 
But what we do have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The name of Jesus, and then they explained it, and faith in the name of Jesus made this man to walk. That's the power, that's the connection with the Holy Spirit that we need. And that Jesus also said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized will be saved and he who does not believe will be condemned. And most of the time in most churches, they stop right there. Why did they stop right there? Because we want to major on preaching the gospel, but we don't want to talk about these powerful things after that. Because we don't, we're not sure, we're not really sure if God will do that through us or not. Maybe he will and maybe he won't. And one time I prayed for my Aunt Mary and she died. It's true. Now you guys are looking at me like, should he even be saying that? Yeah, I'm saying it because we're all thinking it. <laughs> what happens when you pray for somebody and they die? Well, if they're born again, they go to heaven. Right? Why do we think we have to, we can't raise anybody with our power? <laughs> and the things that don't happen the way that we think should happen, we don't have an answer for. So quit trying to figure it out. You're going to strain your brain. And you're going to end up blaming God. Come on. Don't blame God. His will's the same. He didn't rewrite the book just because somebody died. Come on. It's the devil that's saying, hey, back off the power. Back off of that power stuff. Go preach the gospel. That's good. Just tell people. Tell people that Jesus loves them. Don't you want to become a Christian? Yes. But there's, there's more verses here. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs. Everybody say signs. signs. These signs will follow those who believe. Are, are you following signs or are signs, signs following you? <laughs> uh, most of the church want to follow signs. Oh, pastor, did you hear about that meeting up there in North Georgia called the North Georgia Revival? We got to go up there and see the signs. Well, why aren't the signs following you? <laughs> Where's the power? You're part of the church. The, in fact, here, I, I forgot to say something. No, it's coming up. It's, it's, it's the next point. Here, here's the next point. <laughs> the power that operated in the church... For the first time it operated, it was outside the church. It wasn't in a building. But we think that God only operates in these four walls. No, you don't have to wait to get healed to come into this building to get healed. No. The very first display and demonstration of God's power was happening outside the church. And Peter stood up and explained it. A lot of times people have problems with the demonstration of God. And I'm not already preaching my message for next week, but you'll hear it again. <laughs> the reason that people have a problem with the demonstration of God's power is because ministers don't stop a minute and say, let me explain what happened here. So, so people can understand what just happened. And it's not so ooh, mysterious. God did something that we'll never understand. No. He said, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He says, speak with new tongues. You know, there's, there, there's an explanation. Peter explained. He said, wait a minute, guys. These guys aren't drunk like you think they are. It's only noon. You know, give them some more time. Maybe. <laughs> no. 
But they thought something was going on. Something's going on. They've been drinking behind the building over there or something. What did they have in that upper room? <laughs> These guys aren't drunk. This is what pro the prophet Joel said. This is what Joel said. This is a demonstration. Peter was bright, man. After he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he was bright. He, he, he became bright. He said, this is, this is what's happening here, guys. This is a demonstration of God's power. And they were all magnifying God. They were, they were speaking in their own language. They were speaking and everybody that was standing around was understanding what they were saying. It was just a, a demonstration of the, the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and manifestation. And Peter explained it. We need to explain more about what God does supernaturally because he, God doesn't mind us explaining and taking just a moment. Let's explain what's going on here, right? It's not mysterious. It's not a secret club that nobody else can belong to. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody God's secrets. No, he wants everybody to know. He, he wrote it right here. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. So it should be normal for us to cast out demons. And there's a lot of demons around. And demons don't just float around in the air. They attach themselves to people. That's why some people act the way they do. So don't attack the person, attack the demon. If the Lord tells you to. <laughs> if the Lord tells you to. Because his disciples tried to do it one time and they got torn up. Which gets us back to power. How much power are you walking in? Cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing or touch any deadly virus, huh, it will by no means hurt them. <laughs> I resist coronavirus. I don't, I don't care how many times it tries to come on me. I resist it. And I say it every day. Coronavirus, get thee behind me. Amen. That's controversial, Pastor. Oh, don't you know the virus is real? Yeah, but the power of God is more real. Amen. <laughs> now I'm going to go preaching now. Come on. It's, it's a powerful church that's going to stand up against the opposition from the enemy. And, 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 and do what Jesus did. If they drink any deadly thing, that means if they touch any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When you hear about somebody contracting uh, coronavirus, CCP virus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, it's from hell, I'm telling you. H-E-L-L right. <laughs> -L from hell. If somebody says, they got it, I got it, I got it, it's mine. <laughs> Ask this question, can I come over and lay hands on you? Have you done that this week? Just a thought, I mean, put a mask on, put your gloves on if you want to. The mask and gloves, uh, uh, we should not put our faith in the mask and the gloves. Do you know people have been wearing masks and still caught it? <laughs> Come on. Now I'm destroying everybody's ideas. Like, oh my gosh, he's way off the map now. <laughs> Think about this. Think about this, guys. Think about it. I'm not saying that there's no virus. Come on, don't look, don't look at me like that. He's saying, uh, he's just making fun of the virus. No, I'm making fun of the devil who thinks he can steal, kill, and destroy. 
I just pulled the, 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 the mask off the devil. Amen. He will use anything. Yes. He loves to use cancer. He loves to use cancer. If you hear about somebody this week that has been diagnosed with cancer, say, can I come lay my hands on you? Because Mark chapter 16 says, if I will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I have the hands, God has the power, and you will recover. Right? Because Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem without the power. Stephen, who was a man full of faith, Acts 6 verse 8 says, Stephen was a man full of faith and power. And he did great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen was just a, a deacon in the church. He served in the church. He just, he took the offering and went back and counted it. Or he gave a, a cup of cold water to a child. He served. We all serve in the church. We serve one another. But Stephen didn't have a pulpit ministry. He wasn't putting up a tent and having miracle healing crusades, was he? But he was full of faith and power and he did great wonders and signs among the people. This is how the book of Acts identifies the church, the real church. Are we sitting in a real church? Do we have a hunger to see God display his power? And the last point is this power of the Holy Spirit will work signs, miracles, and wonders. Amen. And I just want to reiterate what happened in Acts chapter 3. When Peter and John... Peter and John were questioned about what happened to this man that was laid by the gate beautiful. What happened to him? Well, I'll tell you the situation. He looked at us. We looked at him. We didn't have any money. We know he's a beggar. And we said, silver and gold have we none. But such as we have in the name of Jesus, rise up. And the man got healed. There, you saw him. And by what power? By what power? Did you do this? And here's Peter's response in Acts 3, 12. When Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we have made this man to walk? See, somebody's power made the man to walk. But it wasn't Peter and John's power. Our power falls way short. But when the power of God comes into the church and us individually and us corporately, when that power begins to manifest, things start to happen. People start to get getting healed. People, marriages starting, start to be restored. People that have been uh, uh, depressed for years on, on medication become free. People that, that need a job and can't find a job, they connect with God to find a job. I mean, whatever you need, whatever you're dealing with, God wants to resolve by his power, by his power. He wants us in the church to not be an observer, but a participator. We, it's time for the church to come off the sidelines and get into the game. <laughs> he gave us a jersey and he gave us a spot on the team. He said, now is your time. I didn't fill you with power so you could go home and sit on your couch and watch reruns of TBN that they filmed 10 years ago. 
Come on. Ooh, did you see that video where people were being healed and they set up that big tent? It's time to set up a tent right out here in this parking lot <laughs> and have, have this community coming night after night after night after night after night. Right? We're, we're going to cast vision for this year because this church needs to move up in power. We need to see what God sees in us. And so to conclude, we need influence. Power always brings influence. God wants us to use his power to bring influence, not to get the accolades to ourselves, not to say, oh, look at us. We're, and, and those who have been part of this church know that we're not going to walk around patting ourselves on the back. It, it's not about that, guys. I think the church changed last year when the doors started shutting and the masks started going on and everybody started shutting down. And the church has been going through a, a year of humility. What are, what, who are we? What are we about? And why do we do what we do? And I think what's going to emerge out of this is a, the real church with the power of God in operation. And part of that is signs, wonders, and miracles. So God wants us to be empowered by His Spirit so that we can get up and get busy. Not so we can brag. Not so we can wear stripes. Not so we can wear a t-shirt that says, I'm a Holy Ghost filled. No. If it's working in your life, you don't have to wear a t-shirt. Or put on a bumper sticker. A weak church... A weak church will not reap the harvest. A weak church will allow the world to silence their voice. A weak church will not pray with faith, passion, and power. And the Lord doesn't want a weak church. Jesus died to make you a part of the church, and then he sent his Holy Spirit to fill us with power. Let's stand up. How many of us want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Right now. Mm -hmm. Right now. Right now.